Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Calhoun Tubbs, known to my friends as Hard Fingers. See, that's because back in 1947, I once played the guitar for over 36 hours straight for no reason at all. And <laughs> I, I wrote a song about it, like the kid, here go. I played guitar for 36 hours. <laughs> Hello. Ahoy. Eric? Hey. Holy shit, up, it's Paco? working. Oh, there he is. All right. Good. What's up, guys? We have a super delay going on, or was that just a uh, dramatic pause there, Eric Miller? That's uh, it's probably a little bit of both. Really? Probably, probably a little bit of a delay. It, Ooh, it, now, now, let me see if there's a delay, because there's never a delay with us. So no. I want to see what's wrong with your equipment, Eric. So you ready? <laughs> Let me, right. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say one, and you say two. You ready? One, two. Oh, pfft. I, I don't think there's much of a delay. He just likes. He just, just has dramatic counting. What do you think? Right. <laughs> I pause like uh, like William William Shatner. <laughs> I guess so. All right. So um, you want to just kick this off and get get this uh, shit show on the road? 
Sure. Okay. Sure. You guys, you guys are. Bit, guys. You, you want you want you want to break the ice with uh, Baco a little bit and catch up from your uh, your your conversations hey. at Rockin' Pods. <laughs> What's up, Baco? Yeah. Sup. <laughs> Sup, bro. How's Yo. it? You want to ask him about the weather? Some small talk. Nice. Yeah. How's that yeah, rash? Yeah, kind of a Minnesota thing <laughs> to do. Yeah. It's, uh... How's the rash? Did that did that salve help out at all with the rash? Uh, yeah, I totally. Salve. Good tip. Salve. You know, it's not, um, it wasn't the itching so much as the smell. I hear you. See? That's always so, right? Right. So are you now, uh, are you guys good now after that? Yeah, I'm, I'm set, yeah. Okay. Yeah, nothing, I, think that covers, I think that covers it. There's nothing like <laughs> gen, gen, genital warts to, to break the ice. So, I Yes. I think that uh, we're going to give honors to Eric, and you get to name the show. You get to either mm. pick pick. It's either Cobras and Sods or <laughs> Pods and Fire. Wh- which one is it? They're both horrible. Uh, well, we're um, – I mean, I don't want to speak on behalf of you guys, but we're all Sods, I would think, right? So let's go with – it's your show, so let's go with Cobras and Sods. Perfect. What do you think, Baco? Oh. I'm no. down. I am not. No, I wanted the other one. So <laughs> tough shit. <laughs> okay, let's move on. So, 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 Eric, uh, we really appreciate you, you know, uh, coming on our show, and uh, you know, we. What are we talking about today? We're, we're, you know, you've been you've been bothering me for years to do this 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 subject. So I finally, you know, decided yeah, I yes. Been, huh? Right. I'm chasing chasing you down. Yeah, we're doing living color, basically, kind of a career overview of living color oh cool Um, exactly yeah i mean um this has been one of the things that we've been wanting to do for jim carrey (laughs) yeah man come on you ready thanks sir thanks for having me she was hot oh my god What, would you want to start just season one on forward, or what do you want to do? Nice. I mean, for me, uh, my my beginning with Living Color was somewhere in between Married with Children and Cops was my was mm. was if I remember right. Nice. I think that was Booker, wasn't that Booker? Yeah, Booker. You don't remember right? The Cops was Sunday night. Cops was Sunday night. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, we'll, we'll we'll move on. Move on. All right. Go ahead. Go, ahead, Eric. Eric, please. You know, I've actually seen. Um, I've actually seen Living Color on the road, and a venue had put in Living Color on the marquee, <laughs> and one of their one of their road texts like posted on Instagram. Like seriously, I just always thought it was very odd that that came out about. I actually looked it up before we we started recording. It came out two. The show came on two years later after Vivid came out, which I thought that was pretty odd. I thought they came out this. In my memory, they came out exactly the same time, and that was confusing. Right. Right. Okay. Anyway, please. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't confused. Like you know, us. <laughs> the fans weren't confused. The fans were probably annoyed. Both of them. Yeah. Well, but, but imagine. Oh, Baco with two points. But imagine if there was a, a, a uh, you know, a show called uh, you know, In Motley Crew that came out at the same time. It would be a little confusing. Right. right. Anyway. Probably. Not. But Eric, please, please proceed. Take us down the journey. Uh, well, I mean, I guess Living Color, Living Color goes back to 85 is when they formed. So, you know, they certainly predate, I think 85, they certainly predate the show. 
Is it true um, they were called uh, Vernon Reed's Living Color before? I mean, that's that's right. Right. Well, I th- I think Vernon Reed had a bit of a, a name because he had worked on some projects. So I think you know it it helped sell it a little bit in the beginning. Basically, we want to be schooled a little bit. Like when you came up with this idea, I actually did go back uh, in Living Color's catalog because I had uh, three of their albums, and then they kind of fell off for me, but. But I went as so I went back and rediscovered it. But I've never really known the history. But I also f- figured that throughout going through this to give it some structure, um, or destroy your structure at the same time, would be that you know we have you ever heard uh, the term "perfectly rated" that we throw around on the show? I don't know if you've ever heard that particular mm-hmm. episode where you think. Do you know how we define the term "perfectly rated"? No. Okay. Well, it's it's it's. Baco, do you want to break it down? Absolutely, since I came up with it. Yes. Uh, ba- basically, I, I wrote a column a few years back about um, the most overrated, underrated bands, and how most of them really aren't underrated. You know, and and like the examples I used were artists like John Prine or Kicks, and mm-hmm. and how these aren't bad artists. I, I'm not criticizing their career. But there's a reason they aren't U2 or the Rolling Stones or Metallica. You know, they just are what they are. And but their diehard fans think everybody in the world needs to appreciate them more. Mm-hmm. That is perfectly rated. And what do we mean by that is we had a show that we'd had we had cheap trick on. They there. remembered perfectly. Like we had ups and downs. Uh, Van Halen would be a high. Perfectly rated. They're remembered exactly the way they should be. Typically, though, okay. it's the it's the lower end. But but gotcha. but it's not actually an insult. What it means by there is there are certain factors with Cheap Trick that they didn't get to the next level. There are certain factors, mm-hmm. uh, be it business wise or this or or all these things that you just analyze it and you like like a Tesla or something like that where they got as high as they should have got for a couple of reasons and we have fun with it. So that's kind mm-hmm. of what 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 I'd like to do during this too is to look at you know why didn't they get to the the next level things like that too. Sure. Yeah, I have a lot to say about that actually. That's all. Just yeah. for, it's, it's kind of just an interesting conversation. Just so you know what it means. It's not actually a, a insult. It's just kind of like a way of looking at things, saying like this is why certain businesses or anything like that didn't get to the next level. Right. Yeah. Cool. cool. Uh, I'll put a pin in my thoughts on that because also to summarize that at the end because I do have some thoughts on that. Sure. With this. Nice. You know, Eric. Um, you're in. Uh, you're pretty much in a room with two alpha dogs, yeah, so there's probably probably three. I don't know. I I think that I think that uh, who would you say is alpha on your show? Well, it depends. It depends on the subject, depends. right? Yeah. <laughs> Not on our show. <laughs> That's what I mean. So my point being is that that we are. Uh, I am going to relinquish the alpha and trying to guide it. I have a big, I have a big control issue on this show sometimes, where I'm like, yeah, you. Sometimes you, one of us turns into a Trump voter. <laughs> no, oh, no, that it does never happens. Never. Happens. I'll stick to my guns. <laughs> but my point being is that is that I am giving you. The driver's seat, Eric. Please take us on the living color journey. We will take you off the road and some tangents if something pops up. But we want to be schooled. Schooled. I would like to know more about this band that I had three albums from uh, of, and I would like to know more. Please, Eric, take us on okay. this journey. Uh, well, so their their debut album is the one probably everybody knows. It's Vivid. Uh, they won a Grammy for 
something. I forget what the category was, but that came out in 88. That obviously has a cult of personality, uh, open letter to a landlord. The Grammy was uh, probably the kiss of death, don't you think? I mean, when you're new and you get a Grammy, you're pretty much screwed from that point on. Yeah. And they had Glamour Boys was the other single from that record and Funny Vibe as well. Uh, um, did you ever yeah, hear that? Ma- did you ever hear that mashup? Um, back in the eighties with Glamour Boys, it was with uh, Vinnie Vincent Invasion. It was uh, Glam- Glamour Boys are gonna rock. <laughs> I didn't hear that one. No. Okay. <laughs> no. I'll send uh, it to you. But yeah, so that's the record everyone probably knows that put them on the map. You know, they went from playing CBGBs to opening for the Rolling Stones in in stadiums, right? Well, they had a connection with Mick Jagger on that, right? Because I saw I saw them open on the Steel Wheels tour there, and but did he produced or had some kind of connection with the band, right? Yeah, he had produced a couple of demos and ended up on Vivid. Uh, Vernon Reed had played on his solo album called Primitive Cool. So there's another interesting Rolling Stones connection, which is Doug Wimbish, who is their bass player from '93 until present day. He at a point in time, had an opportunity to join the Rolling Stones or join Living Color. Well, do you know about when that would be? Like, it would have been about '93. Oh, somewhere, somewhere in there. And he chose uh, Living Color. Well, and the the reason is makes perfect sense to me. Is well, I joined this band where you know I'm friends with the guys. I'm 25. percent We're making our own music. Okay. Where do I take a gig in this band? and get food on the stage and just get a big paycheck, right? Right. So, you know, I think he probably made the right choice uh, creatively. Um, but a little creatively, more history. yes. Uh, business-wise, I would say no. The, another interesting thing about Doug's, we didn't mention it, but his history before Living Color, he was a bass player at Sugar Hill Gang or Sugar Hill Records. So he played on... Like the bass line on White Lines is Doug playing. Nice. Uh, bass line, I think, on um, uh, The Message. I think that's him. So yeah, he played on a lot of that early, early rap stuff. And you can actually see him in some of the videos, uh, which is funny. Have you had some conversation with him? Yeah, I've, um, uh, you know, I've met him a bunch of times through the years. And for a while I was running uh, an epilepsy awareness concert series here in uh, New Jersey. And Corey had done, I did a house concert series. Corey had done that. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I met Doug a bunch of times, and I asked him. Living Color came and played my series, and after that, I asked Doug if he would be my musical director for other shows. So mm-hmm. he and I got to be friendly. So we did like an all-star tribute to Sam Cooke, and he was musical director. All-star tribute to Marvin Gaye, he was a musical director. So he would he would basically bring the band, and I would book singers. So, um, you know, I had Charlie well, Love and one of the ladies from In Vogue, and oh, um, so the hot one. Uh, it was Dawn Robinson. Yes, I would. Consider oh yeah, that. yeah. I think she, she is the hot one. <laughs> um, well, if he if he didn't regret, he may have been fine. And he he did not regret not joining the Rolling Stones. Did he ever tell you that he regretted being a bass player? <laughs> I'm sure not. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> All right, get off the stage. You're, that's that's it. You've peaked. And he's the he's jerk circle. Oh boy. <laughs> Continue, please, Eric. I apologize for my co-host. No worries. He, he's I, definitely I he's de- he's definitely a co-host. But you're the loose <laughs> cannon, though. You're supposed to be the. The one that takes it off the rails all the time. That is true. That is true. But for some reason, we are much more respectful. We have guests. <laughs> so it's like when you have people over to your house. You don't. You know. You're not yelling at. You're not yelling at your kids. Throwing <laughs> stuff at the wall. You're not. You know. At least not till later. You're not breaking bottles over people's heads. Uh, That's all in private. Hilarious. You're just rubbing that stuff on the wall. That's cool, kids. Yeah. <laughs> That's kids. Right. Kids. Kids. Right. Bass players. Yeah. If I, I'm going to just jump in here about the, the vivid thing. Like, here's what the perfectly rated part is that they came out like with Rolling. Well, because you mentioned uh, the Mick Jagger connection, I think when I looked on there, he at least produced Glamour Boys or was connected to that one, which is, um, well, why don't you continue your your tell me your thoughts first on Vivid, and then I'm going to jump in there where I think there are some things that both help them and hurt them on that first album. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's '88, so for the music at the time it sounds at the time it sounded amazing right glamour boys in hindsight hasn't aged no terribly well no. studio version and they they tend to not play that very often in their set that's um, good to be honest they they focus a lot on stain uh in their set you know there's a lot of songs they have to do from vivid or you know middleman things like that uh mm-hmm. that's for people they still do memories can't wait which is a talking heads cover which um, I did not know until two weeks ago, right before we were about to record, that blew me away. That if you did you know that by chance? Was Paco? that uh, two weeks ago when uh, Eric bailed on that <laughs> at the last minute? <laughs> no, I did, I did not know that. No. Okay, yeah, the original is horrible. I don't even know how they could even be served that song to begin with. Or do you know the background of why they chose that? Because that's a great song. I always thought it was just theirs, but it's completely. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the clear connections are to interrupt. Um, Trust me, the clear get used but... to it. Interrupt us, we'll interrupt you. Please, it's part, Ed, of the, it's part of the code. Okay. Ed Stasian produced Vivid, and he had produced Talking Heads uh, um, okay. in the late 70s, I think. Uh, so that's, I think that's probably where it came from. I never heard that as a fact, but that's my suspicion. Sure. Uh, plus, they would hang out at CBGBs, you know, in New York. So I'm sure they were friends with all those guys in their um, uh, body gloves, spandex outfits, getting ready yeah, to man. surf. Yep. 
you know, th- there's there's another thing right there. You know, opportunity lost. Where is the uh, Corey Corey Body Glover uh, outfit? Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Nice. Right? Come yeah. on. No That's sponsorship. Right. He's no Gene Simmons. You know that. That's true. Well, it was also it's also a testament to Corey Glover's uh, appeal at the time because Body Glove also made an appearance in Kiss's Crazy Nights video, right? Oh or yeah, Ooh, that's true. In the night it was it was one of those. Yeah, um, I think but, so. Uh, yeah, I think that yeah, Paul Solom said I gotta be like that. That guy. Now here's the thing. It, just to get into this real quick, like <clears throat> when they came out, this is part of the 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 micro and the perfectly rated part too. Is that you know I was like, this is fucking awesome. Here's four black guys that are rocking out, and like and it was so, so like it, it was looked at as like unique. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And still is like the, even on their latest album, they, they, there's an intro to one of their songs saying like, uh, "Oh, who are those black guys that that play that metal or whatever?" Do you know which track I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. To see a a, a black rock band like um, who the fuck was this man? Man, who in the fuck is this fucking group, man? Okay. And but the thing is is that how ridiculous is is it that that is actually a unique thing? You know, with the history of rock the fact that there is not more, <laughs> right? Right. Well, there is bad brains, uh, that's, <laughs> and that's it. Would, I mean, would, I'm saying from the history of going from Chuck Berry to yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I mean, to, to, to Hendrix to Hendrix, black people, right? Like, um, why, you know, like why why did that? Ha- you know, there were so many that, and, and I just figured maybe you could th- shed a little light what your opinion on that was because I was just like, okay, great, maybe there's going to be more. And there let just me just wasn't. add a little bit to that question because okay. to me, it, it's not about the audience. The audience was almost always white, right? Uh, it, it is what happened to the artists that made them less interested as time went on, um, and because even like early, because R and B. I don't want to get too deep into this because now I'm going to go really sideways. But R&B and hip hop, especially initially, were very um, influential, uh, creative, pioneering kind of aspects of music. And rock and roll was the same way. But like what happened? Like, why did it become boring for for the black uh, artists to to continue in rock and roll? I don't know. Well, I don't I don't totally agree with that. But, uh, you know, I know. It's a generalization, of, Eric. Get over right. it, okay? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know tons of tons of people of color that play rock, you know. And very nice. there's there's yeah, not, not like hard that. not hard rock though, or rock in general. Like there's not that no, many. I'm just gonna say I'm gonna say anything with a guitar and drums nowadays. Right, like, that's what I'm talking about. There's not tons, right? But no, but I mean, I think this is important because that goes into the whole thing where 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 that was a huge like selling point in in and of itself, whether you want to think about it or not on, on MTV. I mean, that was like, like, look, this is that it is living color. It's a, a, a band of color rocking the fuck out. Right. Wasn't that kind mm-hmm. of a uniqueness of, of the, at least the initial push of the band. 
I don't yeah, think it was said I mean, out loud, but uh, even in the name, it is though. Well, I mean, not necessarily. I mean, if if you want to see it as that, as like as genre, isn't it? As as like a diehard fan, that has that has like no bearing whatsoever, and it's one of those things that that you know. I know we're just dudes hanging out and chatting and whatever, but um, and you might want to wipe this couch down a little bit after Ken was here, but um, <laughs> disgusting. It's it's one of those things that through the years has always like just irked the shit out of me. Is like can't somebody talk about living color without mentioning the race? Right? Eddie Trunk can. Right, I don't know about that, but uh, well, yeah, that, well, they were on metal, that metal show. I don't remember race coming up, but 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 we're bringing this we're bringing this up because of the fact that that has to do with what, why I think that there is a, a perfectly rated part about it. I think it's an interesting conversation to have. Is my point is that I think it's absolutely. It, I, I'm saying that, that I think it's fucking ridiculous the fact that there aren't more black bands before and after in general. Like like there's like why is that? Yeah, I, I understand the point you're making, and I wish it wasn't. I wish it was a complete non-issue, right? But it it okay, I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why there aren't. You know, um, like if I was, they were inspiring to me, right? I don't know why they weren't inspiring to you know other pockets. Continue. And that song, like that that moment in time, like I loved it, man. God, right? Yeah, that's perfect. It's such a simple riff, too, right? It's just, but it's effective. Just show your anger. Just show your dreams. What? Oh, 
What is that? That's me trying to do Corey Glover. I'm sorry. Please stop. It's nice. Okay. I actually thought he had joined the call for a moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't stop you on da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Eric, fine. Please continue, Eric. Yeah, when, yeah, but when that song hit, it was like, it was one of those things that was unlike anything else. And it just was white hot at that point in time. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember I was in like 10th grade and or 11th grade, I suppose. And just everyone had it like it was the hot thing. Um, yeah. Cult of personality. And it stands the test of time, obviously. So do you want me to just pick a song from Vivid and we'll move on to the next record? Yeah, we can. Yeah, but I just want to. Register. Sure. Uh, um, I do have to say when I went back and listened to this that uh, I was surprised. Like this, You were right when you were talking about we won't get to it, that there's other albums that are more consistent down the road. But um, yeah, I think Glamour Boys wasn't a good thing for them. The video, I think, wasn't wasn't good for them. Um, but the one song that's <laughs> at the time, though, I mean, that was a big what? hit. I, I, I was like one of the weird standouts on that. Most of my friends loved that song in really? the video. And okay, yeah, oh, yeah. Not for me though. I know it's was like I'm fierce. All right, whatever. But the yeah, but, stupid. I don't get it. But. but the but the one song that's that's for me that stands out more than any other ones on it is and please pick yours from the 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 litter there but i know it's not a deep track but my god going back into it i probably listened to it like five times in the last uh week or so is a open letter to a landlord that is a perfect fucking song
lived here for so many years Now this house is full of fear For a profit you'll take the tour It's a song about living in uh, a shitty place that should be better, but you don't want it torn down because then you won't be able to afford it. No, there's memories. The memories, dude. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's get it has a value that you can't see. I understand that. Okay, I know I got that lyric right, guys. Did y'all just check out? <laughs> no, I was waiting for Eric to say something. Okay. That was good. Okay. <laughs> good. You can have a see, see, Eric is the master of the. Do you know, Eric? You're sounding very, uh, uh, you know, Angry. very authoritative and um, uh, uh, knowledgeable, and those are two things we just don't like. <laughs> I'm sorry. My apologies. <laughs> and also, you sound. Pre- you also sound prepared. I think what you should do is you should bring yourself down to the. Uh, uh, let's just play a round of Kill Fuck Mary. You like to play that game. Oh yeah, I mean, okay, Dolly Parton, Pink, and Richard Simmons. <laughs> Go. I would. Uh, I would fuck Dolly Parton. I would kill Richard Simmons. I would marry Pink. Done. I, 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 I have the same. I would just. I would just. Yeah, that was that was very easy. That was. Uh, but no, the, the the reason I bring that up is that you. Yeah, pink psycho, man. I just thought it was hilarious because at, at one point on one of uh, Paws and Sod's episodes, you did a round of all of Prince's uh, uh, ladies, <laughs> right. right? Yeah, we did. I forget which, which episode that was, but there was they went on for quite a while. <laughs> it was hilarious. Who were you doing with that? Whoever you were doing with that was very uncomfortable playing the game. And we did it tournament style, so there was a grand winner. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. I, we might steal that bit, but um. I'm going to give you, I'll give you the ultimate uh, fuck, marry, kill that, that, you know, because when you play, you get progressively worse. Like they get darker as you go on. Right. Mm -hmm. So I always end up with like, you know, before you get into family members. Right. That's a whole other thing. (laughs) uh, Like I I, I usually go right to like I'll go to like Hitler 
and you know Bin Laden or Saddam Hussein. Right? <laughs> oh my Fuck God! Yeah, that's like a master level. Do you want me to do mine? Sure. Yeah. Okay, so it's again. Who, who are my three? We got Hitler, we got Saddam Hussein, and we got uh, Bin Laden. Okay, let me think here. Okay, well, 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 Hitler, I'm going to kill him. Um, man, the other two guys got great beards, so I'm just trying to think of of which one is probably softer. Oh, Long term, let me see. Saddam <laughs> Hussein. Yeah, I'm going to say Saddam probably has more coarse hair, so I'm not going to go with with him. Uh, yeah, he's just going to be a, 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 a quick fucking... Uh, yeah. Okay, I can't believe you're dragging this out. This is way too long. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm done. <laughs> I can't believe you answered that. You know what, Saddam? Not a threat. I'm going to fuck him. Uh, <laughs> Hitler, because I can change him. You know what I'm saying? Of course, I'm killing Bin Laden. So All you right. think uh, you can you change your him? powers? You think your powers are more uh, potent than Ava Braun? Like you could, you could turn him. Yeah, your charms. Have you, have you seen her? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I've seen you. Welcome to intermission. Okay. I'm still here, buddy. Okay. Do you got to go pee? Is that what is that what happens? When I have leaves? no idea what's going on. I might be his kid. Who? Uh, so we, we should, we're, we should you know, just talk about him so he doesn't cut it out. Oh right? yeah, that's a good idea. I yeah. think I think maybe he's actually turned on by the Saddam Hussein thought, and he has to go. You know. <laughs> it's the beards. He's like. Which right. one is softer? And then, like, he realizes his hand is softer than both their beards. And because right. I mean, I, I've shook, I've shook his hand plenty of times, and he clearly, you know, uses moisturizer. Right. At least you think it's moisturizer. Uh, I hope it's moisturizer. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, should I jump into the next record? Do you think? Yeah, I don't know. Whatever we can. Do you want to do another kill? Fuck Mary. You haven't thrown. Oh, you you did throw those three gross ones out. That's right. Um, whatever. Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, break it down, buddy. Okay. Uh, next record is Time's Up, which is 1990. Uh, and they won a Grammy for this, too. I think it's Best Hard Rock Performance or something like that. Mm. This one has this one has Type, uh, Love Rears, It's Ugly Head, and another song called Solace of You that was a single uh, overseas. And Another yeah. song, Type. Yeah, I remember when the type video debuted because, you know, me and my friends, we all loved Vivid, of course, right? So then, holy shit, here's a new Living Color song, and it was type. And it was, like, the first couple of times I I saw it, I heard it, I thought it was a little crazy, right? But, uh, like, I immediately, like, hooked into it. Once I got over, like, the, okay, well, what now what is this? You know, once I well, got well, over well, that... Well, let me say that. this, as far as tying it back into the perfectly rated thing, um, a little bit anyway, uh, because once once Type came out, it was clear that they were kind of a message band. You know what I mean? They Everything they were going to do was kind of going to be purposeful as far as lyrically and what they were trying to say. And that does pretty much kind of shoehorn you into a certain, you know, audience and that audience you know 
while they might have loved, like, cult of personality drew people in, but they didn't really want to be continually continually reminded about, like, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. And that's kind of what their role was. And that, that kind of limits how long-term or broad-based your audience would be is probably a better way to put it. But what do you think there? Uh, I don't disagree with that. I think, like, if it depends on what you're what you're doing it for, right? If you're doing it to, <clears throat> to have living on a prayer on the radio a million times a minute, then that's one pursuit, right? But in, oh, absolutely. I, I think in their case, you know, even on the first record, just like Which Way to America... Called a personality, funny vibe. Like there are songs that's about racism and oh yeah, we talked about right. Yep. So I think, but, I think, I think that's what more they were motivated by. There is a, there's kind of a great, ballad. Yeah. It is going to limit your audience. Yep, I I don't disagree with that at all. And also the album covers. Were you ever a fan of the album covers? No, me either. No. I thought that they yeah. that basically what I, I I compare their album covers to what my uh, my kids' playroom looks like. like I it, hated <laughs> the first one. I actually kind of dig uh, time up the one bit. after this record. Yeah, but it was kind of like a, just a, a mess. And we'll get to the next one um, too. But yeah, okay. So you weren't a fan of the. And I also thought it was f- interesting too that they uh, they never put the, the themselves on the album cover too. Right. Yes. Yeah. Even on even on just the new like records yes. that. The cover's not so great. Like it's it's a collage, and it I don't think it I don't think they're powerful. Like they're not eye catchy. No, you know they're they 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 just kind of it's like a little bit of white noise. Like it just kind of fades. And you know it's not memorable. You know. Don't you think it is unusual? That they've never actually been on the album cover, ever. No. No. Uh, yeah, I don't most, know. Most most bands not... at some point are on their out their covers. Very few. Yeah, whatever. I don't think it matters. I. A good cover is a good cover. A That's fine. But, they, they, but, but even, even with that said, the album covers have never been great. There's not one. There's one that I think is okay, but it's also kind of like, okay, you know, the third one. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I love that, that one. I like it with the little cage and the head there. And I mean, I don't love the... <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's great. I, I'm, I'm just screwed tonight, man. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not in favor of the imagery. I just in, thought it was a solid album. Do you know what it is? We'll just go to that real, real quick. Do you know what the actual uh, cage is? Well, it's a slave. Huh? Yes. No, it's not a slave thing. I actually no, looked it up. Okay. I'll, I'll give you some facts in a second, but we're going, going forward. I want to let you know that I did some research, Eric, but please continue All on right. with, with Time's I Up. I appreciate that. Uh, another fun random fact is Time's Up. There was um, Love Rears His Ugly Head, right? Yep. And we hopefully everybody knows that song. But um for years, since nineteen ninety till the end of Letterman. Hold on, hold on would, real quick, Eric. Yep. We all know not everybody knows that song. Okay. <laughs> I do like that song though. That was another one that I rediscovered. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, continue people, on, guest. People with good taste know that song. And Oh, there you go. <laughs> Zing. All right. And, and it also like Chris. Right. <laughs> Is that the equalizer for all of us and any of our opinions? Hardly synonymous, but right. right. Fair enough. So true. But yeah, for pretty much since 1990 until David Letterman ended his show, like that was one of the songs that Paul Schaefer's band would cut to 
like they would play in every commercial break was Love Rears. So if you ever look at like oh, old cool. Letterman clips on YouTube or whatever, and he's interviewing Bill Murray, and they cut the commercial right, they show the, the slide. Yeah, the band is is like at least half the time they're playing Love Rears. It's ugly head. So well, nothing, uh, nothing means more to a musician than a uh, Paul Schaefer endorsement. <laughs> but also, that's some nice royalties. I hope. Uh, yeah, I would uh, think so. Uh, yeah, that's but, a re- well. It depends on how long they played, according to Dave Mustaine. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. Neat factoid. I always thought that was neat. What song would you like to play from from uh, from Times Up, Eric? Uh, let's go with the other thing about Times Up that was interesting is they each had a solo song. Right? Did they? Um, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Will wrote Pride. I mean, Vernon had a bunch of songs, but the bass player at the time, Muzz Skillings, had a song called Someone Like You. And Corey had uh, Solace of You. Lead, but lead uh, vocals? Or are you talking about written? I don't think that. Like a solo write. Written by. Gotcha, gotcha. Lover, okay. written by Skillings, okay. written by Calhoun. So uh, let's go with Pride. That's Will's song.
All right. Well, with that, let's go into biscuits. Biscuits. You want uh, you want to talk about that at all? I know it's just an EP, but yeah, yeah. This kind of EP collection of uh, cover songs, uh, some outtakes, a couple live tracks. Right. Um, there's an Al Green cover, James Brown cover, Hendrix cover. You know, I think the one to cut in off if you're going to cut a song off of here, I would put in "Talking Loud and Saying Nothing." That's a great mm. one. I'm good. Yeah. What about? Um, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not quite sure where they were. I think they probably had a lot of success pretty quickly, and I'm not sure where they were in their headspace. And maybe that was the label wanting to push out something. Who knows? Some in between. Yeah, I mean, like uh, the one that I like on there is is the one by um, I think it's a uh, Will Calhoun Tubbs, correct? Now, so far, I done wrote over 12,000 new songs, and ain't none of them longer than 13 seconds. But you know, the music business keep passing me by, man. Yes, sir. But I got to look on the bright side. I figure I've been a success at being a failure for over 75 years. Now, that's saying something, ain't it? Wrote a song about it. never heard that oh that's him oh, yes yeah. yes I know, I but, know it, but again the, another one of those living color connections there's a guy with the name calhoun in living color and then one of the main characters of that show has calhoun in it what are the chances uh, what it's who, even what, fun, right what came yeah. first <laughs> right come uh, on everybody let me ask you a question and see if you've had the same uh reaction uh tonight right before this podcast um we had a lot of people over and I'm so glad that it's actually quiet down here right now because I thought there would be kids running around and everything like that. But I overheard a conversation um, from the backyard of my wife trying to explain the fact that at 9 o'clock that I had to go to the, <laughs> to the basement <laughs> to, do, to, do, to do a podcast and, tr- and her trying to break down what a podcast is. And it sounded like her trying to explain to somebody what a telephone was for the first time um, in, in, in history. Yeah, mostly I get smiles and nods. Like if they don't know, they don't. I don't get a lot of questions, you know. And I don't. I don't really promote it face to face, day to day, talking to people a whole lot, you know. No, yeah, nor, nor do I. I mentioned it, it, in it passing, had, and yeah, there had exactly there had to be an excuse why I was escaping to the basement in the middle of a gathering. Is is my right. point? But the um, but do people say well, like just, how much do you make? Do people ask like money wise? Do you make money doing no, that? No, I only got that at the expo. Never gotten okay. that in, in in real life. That's cool. Yeah, you should um, you should go back and uh, let them know that. Uh, well, tur- it turns out I had to go to the basement to admit that I would f- fuck Saddam Hussein. <laughs> <laughs> That's where that ultimately led. Okay, well that makes sense. Next record we got uh, Muzz leaves the band. Doug Wimbish joins, which we've already talked about, is from nineteen ninety three. Uh, produced by Ron St. Germain. Um, St. Germain mm. is the patron saint of quality footwear, as we all know. And <laughs> we all know, yes. yeah. Right? That's a Spinal Tap reference. Uh, is Stain. And I think this this might be their 
their best record, or or at least top and, two. And this is right? the record that I incorrectly swear um, uh, "Open Letter to a Landlord" is from. But this had the the red CD uh, case, right? Yes, mine was yes. red. Were they all that red? Was kind of a that was kind of a a new thing then. That was like one of the first. Uh, you know, colored uh, plastic cases. So yeah, but this is the album cover that uh, you incorrectly, Eric. I need to correct you. Um, had somebody that looked like she was a slave. Am I right? Yeah, that's what I always assumed it was. I never looked further. I, I, just... I can see that, and but but I did. I did look f- further, and that lady that's on there basically is, uh, I believe, Oprah? it's definitely not Oprah. It's not Oprah. Mm-hmm. I believe it it's might be. Um, <sighs> we do a kill fuck Mary that includes Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is Sinead O'Connor on the cover, obviously. And she is uh, wearing what's called she is wearing what's called a brank. That's B-R-A-N-K, which is a scold's bridle. A scold's bridle, by the way, sometimes called a witch's bridle, is an instrument of punishment, is a form of torture and public humiliation. It's a device that's an iron muzzle, and basically it's for somebody that, that, that when a lady would be talking out of turn, she had to walk around town wearing that shit. Not a black lady. It's all white ladies in the, this whole history. It's like, an, it's like an iron maiden of the mouth. What do you think of that, Eric Miller? I, I, think, I think you'd be hard-pressed to probably find a white lady that was tortured in that way. But... I, I take your point. I'm just I'm just showing you right here that this is all this is on Wikipedia. It has to be fact. Oh, the, that's true. That's true. And we're sitting next to each other on the couch, so so stain ninety three. Um, it's got leave it alone was the first single. We got ignorance is bliss. By nothingness, the wall. Song called Auslander. Um, and this was uh, this is an interesting record because there are. Uh, interludes like Times Up has interludes and things like that, but yep. you know on on Stain I think they flow a whole lot more, right? They're they're not distractive, that's a word, right? And I think when I think of I think Craig and I have talked about this on our show, somehow we came up with you know what albums are are tight complete pieces of work, right? There's it tends to be like a four sticks. We always reference four sticks on Led Zeppelin four as being something of a throwaway, right? Um, Absolutely, but I I think stain is like front to end. What? Like, like you have to listen. Like when I listen to that entire record, I just go black right back. dog. Uh, four sticks. Okay, sorry. No <laughs> yeah, four sticks is the one on uh, let's up on four. That's a bit of a. I mean, on that record, there's got to be one the weakest link, right? And that unfortunately is the one. But uh, yeah, Stain is like a complete tight record for me. Yeah, the it definitely is the most consistent, like theme wise, from the, the start to, to start to finish. And I I own this one, and I remember getting it and being a little bit like, um, I don't know, I don't know. It was a combination between the cover art and the it was it was definitely darker, right? There was like nothing mm-hmm. except for songs like like basically the glamour boys of that album is by. But it's a better song. Uh, unfor- yeah, and what a, what an interesting like just to talk about that song. Like they have like a song. Now. Yeah, I mean this is nineteen ninety three. Yeah, and they have a song that's about being bisexual. Right, sung by you know I I don't know Corey. I, uh, he's been married, right? He's got kids. I'm assuming he's straight, right? 
Um, but uh, yeah, just and and what what confidence does it take in nineteen ninety three to go on? And they played this on Letterman, and it wasn't it wasn't a single at the time. And I remember thinking, boy, that's 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 ballsy, right? found this record i mean I, I liked it but it was like can you try a little harder to be a striper cover band is what i felt walking away from it so. seriously nothing <laughs> I, 
Well, they. Um, it's interesting that you say that because did, the did he dip the out stand. there? The, no, I'm here. Can you still hear me? No, I hear you, but did lose. Maybe. Okay, carry on. It's interesting that you say that because in the stain outtakes, there's a. They did a version of "Calling on You" and a version of "Honestly," and a version <laughs> of uh, "More Than a Man," and a version of "Always There for You." Yeah, those, and by the way, those are great versions, but, you know, be yourself, right? Yeah, and just speaking of messages, you know, I sort of went on my soapbox there a little bit about Bye, mm-hmm. but, you know, there's a song that closes this record called The Wall that they they play live very consistently. They they play a lot of these songs consistently from Stain. It seems to be one that they go to way more than Time's Up. Time's Up, there's only like two or three that they play from that record, but... Uh, Stay and they play all kinds of stuff. They play Ignorance Bliss all the time. Uh, they play Leave It Alone, Go Away. They even play, play Postman. Um, there's there's some really powerful stuff in here. And if you listen to, you know, Baco's point earlier that that they're a message band, like I think this is, I think they're firing all cylinders in terms of the musicality. I think they're firing all cylinders in terms of, you know, uh, social awareness, right? Um, yeah, yeah, like the leave it alone stuff and everything like that. Ignorance and bliss still stands up too, I think. Was a Japanese only release. It was called Dread. Uh, came from out came out nineteen ninety four, um, and it was kind of a compilation of a bunch of live clips from Stain and some other greatest hits and things like that. So the song I would want to pick out for these would be uh, Nothingness, which is recorded. The Dread version is recorded live on a Dutch radio station, and it's just Corey on a vocal, Will on the piano, and it's it's absolutely incredible. And on a personal note, I had mentioned earlier in the episode that they did my epilepsy awareness series in New Jersey, and I held that show in a church. And, you know, we had a, there's a pipe organ in the church, but there's a piano there, and there's a pulpit. And during that concert, 
before we got up on the pulpit, Will sat at the piano and they did the piano vocal version of Nothingness. Like, I think maybe it's the first time since that Dutch radio appearance. So if you can cut it either, and that's on YouTube, if you can find that version or the Dutch version, let's go with Nothingness. Done. Yeah, and it just uh, before we play it too, that was the one that um, when I went back and listened to it, I was like, damn, I forgot about this song because I had lost the physical a long time ago as I purge everything and I couldn't, and, and it wasn't, a, of uh, course. Yes. And it wasn't um, available uh, for quite a long time too. So, but I completely forgot that this song was on this album. That's definitely a standout track. Yeah. And there's like a fun thing about that vocal on the, the studio version is if I remember the story at the time, you know, they went out and he actually he sang into like a like a satellite dish that had like this really unique echo. Mm-hmm. So that's why you, that's why you hear like the crickets and stuff. They're actually ambient crickets, like because he's outside at night singing into a dish that had an echo. So that that stuff is is the noise around him as he's recording his vocal. Yeah, it's it's the ambient noise when we record a podcast as well. <laughs> I noticed. I noticed. Like a descendant, I drifted far, far and wide. Isolation, desperation, nowhere to hide. Nothing lasts forever 
So um, yeah, anyway, he calls those crickets uh, uh, hiss. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, the next one's Pride, nineteen ninety-five. I know, listen, I know it's past midnight on your end now. So, where do you want to where do you want to take this? Because it kind of they have this huge gap, and then they came back with the last because uh, they basically only have like five albums, right, or six? Yeah, they have a they have a pretty short discography. I can go pretty quickly. Okay. So we got um, so then in ninety-five we have Pride, which is kind of a greatest hits with a couple of new tracks, um, like Release the Pressure, which I think. I think they probably were working on some stuff, and and that's probably the point where they broke up. Um, but then they released these either through obligation or whatever. And, and do you know why? Release. From knowing, uh, sounds like you, you've known these guys from a couple, you know, friendly with uh, some of the members and everything. That was there just like label stuff because this is when everything just kind of fell apart from the contract or what? I'm not positive why yeah. they broke up. I know there's, you know, if you ever see them live, there's they tend to do. A, a lot of shtick on stage with, you know, Corey and Vernon sort of bantering each other back and forth, like brothers bickering, right. Mm-hmm. Or podcast co-hosts fighting or whatever. Sure. <laughs> but, uh, like, I don't, I don't know how much of that is a work and how much of that is real mm-hmm. and how much of that played into them potentially breaking up. But, uh, yeah, they took a bunch of years off and, you know, they, they all, they've all done solo things, you know, even during this time, you know, all four of them have done tons of solo work. Uh, the the standout thing in terms of the solo career that I would point anyone to would be Corey's solo album, which is called Hymns from '98. And you know, it, on that record, he does like it, he does kind of like classic soul style songs. And oh, you know, wow. one of the things about Corey, like they're all originals, but one of the things about Corey that I absolutely fucking love. Like I love each member of this band. I think this is one of those few bands that some is the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, right? And Corey's one of those guys that can sing, you know, all these styles effortlessly for me and always deliver. But to hear him sing like classic soul style songs, and I think it was on Babyface's label even. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's him it's from '98. Hearing him sing these, you know, hot buttered soul. But, song called silence on there that's amazing um there's a, a kind of a, a sex song called do you first and do myself hey now the single. <laughs> that was the single you know that's the one we're gonna play i mean he can sing pretty much anything yeah it's funny if you ever see Corey, because um, he does solo shows and i've seen him do like a bunch of different configurations so he Sometimes he has like a metal band with him, right? Like, you know, three long haired white dudes, right? And they just rock out and he fits in perfectly, right? Uh, I've seen him do a duo, a trio where it's just an acoustic guitar and a bass, you know, or a horn, and he fits in just as well there. And, you know, like I said. Does he ever do something with like uh, kind of a, a beach surf motif behind him and he's wearing a body glove outfit? Or... <laughs> nice. Fits in perfectly. He does like a Beach Boys songs. He, he he sings the entire Pet Sounds album or something. He could. Yeah, absolutely. The one thing I'll share again, I keep going back to my personal uh, experiences in presenting them because Craig would never let me talk about it on our show. But um, sure, that's uh, why you're here. <laughs> but uh, fucking Craig, the, the super amazing thing about 
you know, the two shows that I did that were the all-star tribute shows, it was all-star tribute to Marvin Gaye and Sam Cooke, right? So the show would be on Saturday, and the band would arrive on Friday, including Corey and Doug, and they would rehearse all the songs on Friday or Saturday morning, right, before the, the other singers came in, right? And so that means during rehearsal, I would see Corey sing Marvin Gaye's greatest hits, or Sam Cooke's greatest hits, right? And just in rehearsal, you know, it was almost better than a real show, and they weren't songs that he was going to sing in the, you know, quote, real show. But um, when we did the all-star tribute to Marvin Gaye, that dude sang Let's Get It On, and I have the clip on YouTube, and it is absolutely incredible. Like, I go watch it, like, once a month, and I get goosebumps every time. So can we play? Can we play that then? Yeah, please. It's it's so good, so good. Done. And it's in a church, which is cool. That was <laughs> like that was like that was like two or three years ago, right? Or no? Yeah, that would have been two thousand and fifteen. Yeah, I, mean, I just remembered seeing you, uh, some posts about that, and I was like, I was like, uh, you know, it's like this guy's involved in a lot of things. Uh, don't. Don't let uh, loose Fulia. He's gonna play the Jack Black version, <laughs> <laughs> which is good too, by the way. Well, listen, cool. hey, listen, Tenacious D. Uh, you know they got a Grammy for covering a Dio song, I believe, or some shit like that. So the Grammys, you know where it's at. The Grammy is Grammys are incredible. <laughs> Sounds like like Baco has some questions about uh, Vernon Reed. Proceed. I have no questions. Just like talk. I mean, is he a good? He can play guitar. Yeah, he's a. Yeah, he's amazing. Like he, uh, like I said, this band, all four guys, adds so much, right? And Vernon is one of those dudes that just (laughs) like, he just locks into his own, and like I said, I could see him every night in a row, and he's playing, like he's hitting. What he needs to hit but there's also like a lot of jazz in between like he he mixes it up he keeps it interesting right and sometimes when he solos he just like comes to the front of the stage and you know like he kind of looks up into space and he's just channeling this who knows kind of spirit and yeah he's absolutely incredible so living color kind of reunites they i think they start doing live shows again here and there um their next studio album is Kaleidoscope in 2003, which is kind of the reunion record, if you will. Um, what do you mean by that? As as much as I really, really wanted to like this record, and I still break it out. No, what do you mean by the re, a, a, a reunion record as much as it can be? What do you mean by that? 
uh, that they had reunited and recorded. Well, but, but... <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't Aside from the obvious, why did you say it the way you did? I mean, uh, was it was it not really a reunion? Was it kind of like a a pseudo reunion, or was it? Uh... Was Kevin Valentine on drums? Is what we were asking. <laughs> no, no Kevin Valentine, no Gary Corbett. It was uh, it was those guys. They were back, and I, I don't, I don't quite remember, but uh, you know, and it's two thousand and three, so the like the industry is different, right? So they don't have necessarily like a major label deal. They don't have, you know, it's probably self funded to a degree. I don't. Oh, it's I don't definitely know a self- lot about that record because I, w- I went back. Well. When I listened to it in my uh, in my deep dive and my research for our uh, our episode that was canceled two weeks ago, the um, <laughs> that one is not produced well. Would you agree? Yeah, totally agree. It's okay. uh, as much as I really like it's living color, and I really want to like it like no. so bad, and yeah. I I bust it out from time to time. Like, well, maybe I'm just not hearing it right, but it's never once stuck ever. Nope. And the production is a big part of it, and. It kind of bums me out. The cover, another bad album cover. Will you admit? Yeah. Yes. Agreed. Oh God. Agreed. And do you, yep. do you do or do not like the cover of Black and Black? No, not particularly. No, near do I. You okay. Know. You, I saw you featured it on yours, and I listened to it, and I was like, man, I hope he doesn't want to actually play this. Maybe he's just putting there to bust my balls. Unless there's a live version that's better, because you, you give me a YouTube link. Yeah, they would do it live on that tour, and you know I would see them live through the years. So I saw them live at this point. They were just incredible live for some reason. The songs they were coming up with and the production—it just—it's disappointment. Continue. Did you guys know the Corey Glovers in the movie Platoon? I did actually. Yes, those were in the beginning. Yeah, apparently just got some. Random. How did that even happen? I met. I'm. I only knew that because I saw that after, like you know, vivid hit, and then it was like a, a fun fact back in the day. Right. Right. Cool. Still not. A, uh, Pl- Platoon will still bore me to death. Full Metal Jacket's the only Vietnam movie for me. Yeah, Platoon is a overrated, boring, a war movie. And that fit in perfectly. Eric, Eric had a very uh, effective pause there again. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I think we're angering our guests. Yes, listen, it's I past. Time. It's almost one in the morning in, in in his time zone. If you don't understand this, okay. So let's let's get to this. There's a chair in the doorway. Please, Eric, tell us what's going on with that album. Um, well, the you know there are some decent songs in here. There's a 911 song called "Flying." That's that's okay. There's um, I think that's on this one. But there's the one that that's kind of a standout for me, and they would do it live. It's called "Bless Those." It's a it's a Doug song.
another fun fact in wrestlemania 29 uh you want you want to jump in there uh no you can do it are you guys wrestling guys no i know you are so please please do the connection between uh uh living color and wrestlemania 29 please (laughs) you know there was a wrestler that went by the name loose cannon right no i did not motherfucker i I lived assuming so (laughs) what did he do he was uh, his name was Brian Pillman. He since passed away. He oh, great. sort of played. Another he sort of played doing, like a, man. He sort of played like um. He when was he, a he, he, man. He first came in, he was a good guy, and he was like smiley and and didn't get over. People didn't really give a shit, right? Had an unburned but, house. Um, and then he played kind of a crazy <laughs> guy, like he had snapped. Right, like he went off the deep end, and. He interestingly enough, like went from one company to another with the same crazy off the deep end gimmick. And people <laughs> didn't fans thought like, is he really off the deep end? Because he sort of blurred the lines between what was real and what was a uh, part of the show. Hmm. So he was loose cannon. He was the loose cannon before there were. He was the loose cannon. You've picked up his mantle and are carrying it. So, so what you're saying is he's 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 he used a gimmick <laughs> and uh, overrated. Are possibly perfectly rated. What do you think? He was uh, he was perfectly rated. That's what I thought. Yeah. My hey, kind of Eric guy. Miller, tell yes, me sir. a story about the wrestler named Baco. <laughs> <laughs> Please make up a story on the spot about a, about a, a wrestler uh, named Baco and his uh, <laughs> and his storyline. Please, from start to finish. I think we have another. Oh, uh, I think we have another <laughs> beginning to the show. <laughs> I think uh, I think the wrestler Baco he used to wrestle in the forties, but then he got uh, then he got uh, he got enlisted. He enlisted in the Navy, right? And he uh, he was on he was on the USS Indianapolis, and they went to, to deliver the bum. Yes. And then what happened? What? Tell me what happened that when when it finally went down that that one night. Three hundred men went in the water. Mm-hmm. When he came out, we delivered the bum. Baco <laughs> delivered the bum. He did. Baco delivered the bum. With so that, that brings us to their new album. Yes. If we may. Which is Shade. 2017. Brand new. You know, the things that, that weren't so great about Kaleidoscope and maybe Chair in the Doorway, like they seem to have fixed them. So the songs are tight. You know, they flow real well. You know, everyone, there's space for all four of them. The to sound great. The production is good. It's Andre Betts. And uh, I think with this record, they took, you know, if you listen to interviews with them over the last like two, three years, you know, they 
talking about this record they're making in, you know, it's called Synesthesia at one point, but ultimately it's called Shade. And I think it was uh, probably a uh, something that they had finished and scrapped and reworked. And, you know, I think it's something that they labored over for a bunch of years. Yeah, I mean, I think this album was sort of a labor of love. I think they spent a lot of time working on it, reworking it. Um, probably fighting over this, that, and the other thing, and you know the the end product is you know something that's probably well vetted and representative of all four of their contributions and styles. And I, you know, if you're if you're a super fan, I think you can kind of tell who contributed what. Mm. But um, you know, from Shade, if you're going to pop a song in, I would go with Program. Program, okay, cool. What do you think about Glass Teeth? Practical or impractical? Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't quite get the message behind that song, but uh, it's catchy as hell. It is catchy. That's the one that sticks in my head. But the uh, but what, what nice. what's up with it? I mean, seriously, glass teeth. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that what that's about. Symbolism. You see through the teeth to the tongue, and the tongue represents. Well, I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea.
I was looking forward to the conversation where he was going to explain the the obstacles that they uh, had to overcome. Oh, I, I I apologize. Yes, you wanted you want you saved. I forgot you saved the heat. We usually use uh, anything we have right up front, and we we have nothing at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that's true. The thing about Living Color's career that kind of bums me out is, um, like the the gaps, right? So, like, I wish they had had, you know, a consistent, longer, steady career as a unified band. So, besides the the limited discography, which yeah, there's massive gaps in this and everything like that, and it sounds like it, from from what you're saying is that. That uh, the most recent one here, Shade, is the best since Stain. Yes, overall. Agreed. Anything else you said? You, you said you had some things to, to close us out with, Eric. Like, why didn't they become huge? Yeah, it sounded like you had a lot of fuel, a lot of fire. Or is it just that? Or are they perfectly rated? Are you willing to concede? That? Not from not from a talent. This, remember, perfectly rated has nothing to do with talent or anything like that. Just like decisions Absolutely. made. Uh, tons of opportunity from image, from sound, image that massive MTV push. Covers. You know, they, they they obviously they had a they had a huge funding at Target in the audio section where I worked at when I was a kid, <laughs> where they played type in a loop every every uh, sixty minutes. Um, you know, all these factors would have made them huge. But but uh, Mick Jagger being on their team, opening for Rolling Stones, things like that. Do you think besides, that there was anything that they did that they could have done better, Eric Miller? From oh, yeah. A, yeah? Well, please. Yeah. What? what? What should they have done? You're their manager right now. It's 1991, and they are putting out biscuits. That's the decision. Biscuits. What's the next right. move? What's the next move? No brack. Well, it's the brack. It's the brack on that girl. That's, that's probably what it was. Yeah. No, I think Stain was great. I think it was after Stain. Yeah. The songs that the songs that they were working on that ended up on Pride released the pressure and Sacred Ground, I want to say. Like those songs sounded like a good step in a good direction. And it just sucks that they didn't get to take that full step. And then when they did reunite, it it like too much time had passed and like you like you agreed to the production mm-hmm. wasn't great. No. So it was it was like less than uh, I was I wanted their comeback to be something, but it was kind of a disappointment. So, do you think part of it was the hyphens? <laughs> Maybe it was kind of an odd name. Yeah, okay. but I, I do agree with the point that the album covers were never great. It's funny on the, sh- the, new, the new record Shade, like the front, the artwork on the front isn't great, it's not particularly memorable. But if you flip it over, there's like four great photographs of each of. Them. Mm-hmm. Dude, those photographs should just be. Let's flip it over. That's, but the main, but the the point is, we always love the the industry kind of talk. Like, you know, definitely. Oh, I love. Oh, I, I love that. That that was the whole point. That's our whole point of perfectly rated is looking at, at things of like, why did this this band get to this level, um, combined with talent and all these kind of things, and why did this band get to where it was? So right. cool. Yeah. No, that's that's. Uh, anything else you want to add to that? Why did Kicks name themselves after us? Yeah, series? Kicks. There's a there's there's a perfectly rated band right there. <laughs> but what you think about them, the furthest they're gonna make is a certain level of that band name, right? That's great. I was gonna start a Quisp. But, Quisp. Uh... <laughs> Can you imagine a double bill? And then it got discontinued, and I'm like, well, there's no point now. Quisp. 
Quisp and Kix together at last. Reunion. Oh, my God. I would light up for that. Serial. That's right. Perfect. Yeah. Eric, you have anything else to say about uh, uh, a Striper or anything like that? No, it's been a real honor to... um to uh, suffer to chat with you guys about uh, living color i just in closing this goes to baco specifically um yeah. f-, f mary kill uh oz fox robert sweet michael sweet uh, i'll just uh i'll i'll do a random order it doesn't matter michael oz uh robert which See, ones what's what to what which you have to pick though. You can't. You can't kill cop fuck out. Mary. Yeah. Well, th- it does it have to be KFM? All right. Well, sometimes I do go out of sequence. You know. Who knows? Michael Oz Roberts. All right. So you would fuck I'll Oz. Kill Fox. Michael. I'll fuck Oz Mary Roberts. Gotcha. So you would fuck Oz Fox. Okay. Put that That's down. He, put that down. That was a soundbite. <laughs> that, was, that was a soundbite along with uh, what did I? What, what, what terrorist did I end up with? Oz Fox. <laughs> Oh, this is a long journey to get here. Uh, Eric, uh, we, we appreciate your time. Thank you for coming on here. And I know that, uh, and, and I want to apologize for, for Craig Smith not allowing you to ever talk about living color. I know, right? Right? How well, many you, episodes have you guys barely, done? 400? You've done, you've, he's done, he's done like a four part. <laughs> what, what, say it again. I said, you guys barely let me talk about living color. <laughs> <laughs> we tried hard. <laughs> I think there's pl- there's plenty of living color on here and a lot of editing. I have to I have to go I have to leave now because I have to start editing this so it'll get it'll get out by uh, next uh, year. Before you disconnect, I do have a question for Eric off air. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I don't want you to. Uh, I mean, when is this going to run? Are you going to bump this for like a Ken jerking off story? <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, you're episode ninety nine. Oh, yeah. Nice. By the way, we're yeah. You're right. You're right before you're ninety nine left balloons, buddy. Come on, sweet! Right there. Yeah, did you guys did you get a, a lot bit of... of a break, and then it's one hundred? Yep. Have you gotten a lot of calls for your one hundred? Uh, None. So we've got like two. So please call. <laughs> okay. We put our phone number up there. Like we're hundred, bro. Nobody. It's the same thing. Would you like it's, to? Would you like to say something right now, or? No, D- please, because yeah, it'll, okay. it'll cut off half the time. Why don't you? Why don't you listen to the episode first? Inside. <laughs> What you want to say? Do I'll, I'll do one right here. Ready? Oh, God. Yep. Okay, go ahead. Hi, this is Tim Gaines, formerly of Striker. I'd like to congratulate <laughs> Cobras and Fire on their 100th episode. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> That's great. <laughs>
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 